Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice Today FC podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and for today's episode, I'm going to catch you up on some of the preseason matches that happened this past weekend involving some Nisa clubs. We'll also take a look at the U.S. Open Cup, the first round proper, as it kicks off tomorrow night and on Wednesday. So we got some big matches there for you to keep an eye on. I'll also catch you up on what's going on with Club Leon FC. And we'll catch you up on the latest player signings and news around Nisa. We'll also discuss Nisa Nation as the Southwest Division has announced their schedule last week. And that division will kick off this weekend. So we'll take a look at what's going on there. And of course, and, and of course, you don't want to miss my final thoughts. We got another exciting episode coming up right now. So here we go. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my last couple episodes featuring my interview with City Union head coach and technical director Jordan Sullivan and Nisa Nation communication specialist Dennis Pope. Now we're back to our normal recap show as we get close to kickoff for the 2023 Nisa season. March 31st can't get here fast enough, and I know you're excited. I'm excited as well. I can't wait. Now, we did have some NISA teams that were in action this past weekend for their final preseason matches. Uh, let's start in Chattanooga. Chattanooga FC, they lost 3-1 to at Fort Finley in their final preseason match against MLS Next Pro side, Huntsville City FC. Of course, they're the affiliate for National SC. They were already trailing 3-0 in the second half, but... In the 63rd minute, Huntsville City FC gave a penalty kick. And you know who's going to take it? Marcus Nagelstad, a.k.a. They're that man again. And he buries it. And the boys in blue get one goal. Still ended up losing the match. But, hey, I've, I, from what I've been hearing about on social media and what people are saying about the boys in blue, they've been looking pretty good in the preseason. And look, expectations are very high for Chattanooga FC after missing that opportunity to get to the final, win a championship at home after losing out to the Michigan Stars in the semifinal in the playoffs last year. You feel like they're out for revenge. And it's going to be interesting to see with Chattanooga FC. I want to see how if they're going to just cruise, you know, and, and, and dominate like what Barcelona is doing in La Liga right now. See if it's going to be that big of a gap or – well, we have some teams kind of make it close. So that's something I'm going to definitely keep my eye on with the boys in blue because now their next matchup will be the season opener on April 1st against Gold Star. Michigan Stars, they played Minnesota United 2 in a preseason friendly. Uh, no results on that matchup, but that's been kind of a theme for the preseason so far for a lot of these NISA teams playing some games. But no live stream, no posts, no results, nothing. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of get a feel of how everybody's doing if you can't watch the game. So it's a little frustrating, but I know the fans out there, they're kind of frustrated too. But, hey, now that we're getting close to the season, now we actually get to see them in action and see how they do. Another team that was in action this past weekend, LA Force, they played some local colleges in Southern California. They played UC Irvine, Cal State LA, and they also played – Loyola Marymount University. 
this past weekend for their preseason matches. Savannah Clovers FC, they had a preseason match against UPSL side Atlanta City FC this past weekend. No results posted for that one, but I saw on social media that they posted some pictures that they were in action this past weekend. Albion, San Diego, they have already finished their preseason uh, with a lot of closed-door matches. Um, this was the previous week, but they finished up their matchups against Club the Iwana and the LA Galaxy 2. City Union, they played some local colleges this past weekend for their preseason matches. I can't remember who the first school they played was, but I know the second school they played was St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies. So that was City Union's weekend with their preseason matches against some local universities in the Western New York area. Maryland Bobcats, they played against the Alexandria Reds this past weekend. They lost that match 1-0. But today they had another preseason match. So they had an opportunity to redeem themselves. And this time they won. They beat Loudoun United 2-0 in their preseason matchup. And then the final preseason matchup update that I have, Gold Star FC, they were playing New England Revolution 2 at Gillette Stadium this past weekend. No results were posted, no stream on that one. But Gold Star FC was in action this past weekend. So those are all the NISA clubs, as far as I'm aware, that were in action this past weekend for their preseason matchups as we get close to the regular season kicking off next Friday on March 31st. Let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup. The U.S. Open Cup kicks off this week on Tuesday. So it'll kick off later tonight. We have a matchup that you should keep an eye on. Westchester United against Ocean City Nor'easters. That's the matchup that will kick off the first round of the tournament. Club they own FC2. This is their reserve squad or amateur side. They will be taking on Nona FC on Wednesday. So that will be an interesting matchup to see who might be playing. I know the players that participate in the qualifiers can play on the B team, but they cannot play on the pro team. So it will be interesting to see how that all plays out in that matchup. Now, I don't know if I should count this club anymore because they're not technically in Nisa Nation anymore, but they were a former Nisa Nation side, Capo FC. They will be taking on Ventura County Fusion on Wednesday night as well. And myself on Wednesday, it's going to be a pretty busy day. I, I'll be on Wednesday night going to Elmhurst University to check out my former employer, Chicago House Athletic Club. This will be their first U.S. Open Cup match and the qualifying for the tournament. So very excited to you know go watch them play. And they'll be taking on the Bavarians SC based out of Milwaukee. So that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've been seeing on the social media about Chicago House and what they've been tweeting about. You know, A.R. Smith, he's still there. He's the captain now. And uh, Coach Matt Poland, you know, those guys are, are, are ready to go. And uh, 
I'm going to catch up with some of my former coworkers as well that I used to work with when I was working for the club. So I'll have some of my fellow house friends, as we call ourselves, will we'll be out there supporting the house on Wednesday night. So looking forward to watching that game in person. And then on Thursday, Jacksonville Armada will be taking on Miami United and Hartford City FC will be taking on Lounsdown Yonkers FC. So that's the two matchups on Thursday night. I think there's another matchup as well, but those are the ones that I marked as kind of key matches to watch for the first round this week. So definitely, guys, keep yourself an eye on that one. Now, the next piece of Nisa news we got, this was announced last Friday. Talk about a Friday news drop from Nisa, right? So Nisa announced another California West Coast expansion club. So they announced that Irvine Zeta FC has applied to join the league in 2024. They are a UPSL side, and they plan to play their home matches at Championship Stadium next year. I'll get into more of that in a bit. But let me share a little bit from the presser. Of course, as we mentioned, they currently play in the United Premier Soccer League, SoCal South Division One, and they have applied to, to begin professional play in 2024. And Nisa posted in the presser that if approved, Irvine Zeta FC will be the first Chinese-owned professional soccer club in the United States. Nisa Executive Vice President Josh Pruch said, quote, We are excited to receive the application from Irvine Zeta FC for myriad reasons. It's a membership which strengthens Nisa's presence on the West Coast, but as Nisa strives to make an impact on the diversity of soccer's front offices, Kerry and his leadership team helps us make groundbreaking strides, end quote. Now, Irvine Zeta FC they launched a semi-professional club last year. And, of course, Irvine's going to be their home. And as I mentioned, they're going to play a championship soccer stadium in Great Park in Irvine. That's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting because the league had talked about, you know, Cal United strikers coming back. But, you know, with the ownership situation, you, you never know how that's going to play out right now. So, either way, Nisa will still maintain a presence with in Irvine with another new Nisa club. And I was kind of just interested, like, how that would work, you know, because Championship Stadium is pretty crowded right now. We, you already have Orange County SC, the USL championship team that plays that, in that stadium. I thought LA, Alex, I thought, excuse me, I thought LA Galaxy 2 was going to play games there this year, but so far they're still playing at the Dignity Health Sports like Training Complex, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, with MLS Next Pro, I believe supposed to kick off this week, and then we have uh, now if United Strikers if they're able to come back and play next year, then you have this other new club, Irvine Zeta FC. So you're gonna have three, possibly four soccer clubs next year sharing the same stadium. Not sure how that's all gonna work, but that's gonna be a scheduling pain for sure, if that's how it plays out for next year. 
Now, let me read you a quote here from Kerry Layou. He's the president of Irvine Zeta FC. Quote, I am very happy and looking forward to all of this. This club is about the love of soccer, our community, excuse me, the love of soccer, excuse me, our community and the city of Irvine. We hope that as we join NISA, our club can bring more exciting soccer experiences to Irvine residents, can let more people, especially youth, be more passionate about soccer and can use soccer as a symbol to unite the city of Irvine with different ethics. End quote. And they also mentioned that they have a academy team as well and a youth training program. So that's pretty exciting stuff there. And that the NISA Board of Governors will take a vote later this spring on approving their application to join the league next year. So pretty exciting stuff as we got West Coast expansion. So as I mentioned, Cal United possibly returning in 2024, depending on how the ownership situation plays out, alongside Calabasas FC and now Irvine Zeta FC. Now, before I head into the news segment, let me catch you up on what's been going on with Club Leon FC. This is the pro side. Now, last week, Club Leon FC made a statement on Twitter that they are going to announce updates. And one thing they teased on Twitter was a stadium. Now, I was a little confused because initially when the schedule was announced, the club had said that they were going to play games at UCF Soccer Stadium, but they posted a stadium, Bethune-Cookman's uh, football stadium in Daytona Beach, Florida, as their new home. So it looks like that is where they're going to play their home matches this season. Now, I know Daytona is like an hour drive from Orlando. I, as I mentioned, I used to live in Orlando, and I've been through Daytona. It's a very nice area. And I was kind of like, well – are they going to still be, you know, Club Leon? Are they going to rebrand? Are they going to be Central Florida? I don't know. It's a little bit confusing. So they are going to, at least as far as I know, they haven't announced anything because they said today was going to be the day they're going to kind of announce everything. But I have not seen any updates on their social media since last week. So maybe we'll hear more about it later this week. But that was one thing I noticed. Um, they also did have player tryouts this past weekend. They also made some tweaks to their logo. So if you haven't been on the NISA website lately, they got the updated logo on there now. It Their logo was basically just a line with the shield basically on it. The lines on the shield. Now they got a crown on top of the shield. So they got a crown on there now. This is what it looks like. And they had three stars, three white stars. Now they moved it to two red stars on their logo. So that's belief beneath the uh, crown there. And then they have kind of changed the shield outline. So now it's like red, white, and blue mixture instead of just all red like it was before, I believe. And I the website, when you go on the NISA website, it's still doesn't load up Club Leon's website. But what I did was I Googled it, and I did find a website for Club Leon. However, on the website, it still has a lot of the Nisa Nation stuff. Of 
course, Club Leon played in Nisa Nation last year. But they do have the Nisa schedule for 2023. That is on there. And from what I could tell, that's pretty much it. Um, they just have the schedule on there. Um, they did have some stuff from Nisa Nation. They do have the standings, the Nisa Pro standings around there as well. And there's no information on any of the front office staff or their coaching staff info. That is all blank. Same with the news and no ticketing information on there as well. So hopefully we will get more updates on that soon. All right, let's move on to the news segment. All right, everyone, for the news around NISA segment, it's going to be like our last recap. We got lots of signings to go over. Now, I should have mentioned this during my last recap episode, but just a reminder, all these signings are pending NISA League and U.S. Soccer Federation approval. Just a reminder. All right. Now, let's start with Savannah Clovers, FC. Now, they announced some signings. Now, I had to go to Transfer Market to kind of find out where some of these players had previously played. So, Santa Clover's FC, they signed fullback Theo Wickman. He, according to Transfer Market, he had previously played at Charleston United SC. They've also signed winger Benjamin McKay. Uh, he played, he was playing college soccer at Young Harris College. Center back Jill Cardone, uh, he last played for a club in Lancaster. And fullback Noe Jimenez, he played college soccer as well. Defender Andrew Barrowman, uh, he was playing in Scotland. He was playing at Cowdenbeath. That's where he last played before joining the Clovers. Fullback Sonny Cantania, uh, he last played for in college for the CIU Rams, and he also is a Tormenta Academy player, or was a former Tormenta Academy player, I should say. They've also signed winger Alex Woods and center back Mikael Green. He played for previously played for SC Surf. Let's move on to Gold Star FC Detroit. They've been very busy as well the last couple weeks. They've signed winger slash forward Max Rugova Jr. He played with FC Nuremberg in Germany, and he also played for FC Pristina in Kosovo. They've also added winger Keegan Thompson, a player I know very well. He had played for Ford Madison and also played for Chicago House AC uh, when Chicago House was in Nisa back in the fall of 2021. Great guy to talk to. Always had fun. She chatted with him. Uh, I know he had some injury injuries to deal with during our first season in Nisa, but he he uh, he's a he's a fighter man. He just kept grinding it out and trying to get back to, to fitness to help us finish the season. And I know obviously Chicago House and things went a different direction last year, and 
Keegan Thompson, I was kind of wondering what he was going to do. And, uh, you know, I know he last year he did when Gold Star had tryouts, they, he tried for the team and they officially signed him. And uh, very happy for Keegan Thompson and looking forward to seeing how he does with Gold Star FC. They've also added midfielder Peyton Trask, defender slash midfielder Daniel Wright. They've also added another former Chicago House player, wingback Jesus Cervantes. He had played with FC Milwaukee Torrent last summer and played with Chicago House AC and their U.S. Open Cup qualifiers last fall and helping them qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. They've added center back Lionel Palma. He had He's an SKC Academy player, and he also is a Barcelona resident Academy player in Arizona. They've added goalkeeper Brandon Roski, midfielder Mabruk Salah, winger slash right back Cameron Schneider, defender Sean Sharma. Uh, he played at Stumptown AC in when they were in Nisa in 2021. And he previously played at Western Suburbs FC in New Zealand last year. They've also added goalkeeper and former Chattanooga FC goalkeeper Alec Reddington. Of course, he was with CFC previously where he had 14 career shutouts and played over 3,000 minutes. And they've also added midfielder Gavin Bros and Vlad Jokic. Let's talk about the Maryland Bobcats. FC, they've been very busy as well with lots of signings. They've signed forward Nicholas Makulia. He played college soccer at Iowa Lakes Community College and UNLV, having some firepower in the offense. And let's see how he can adjust to the pro game in third division soccer in Nisa. They've also added winger Carl Mabumbu. I hope I said that right. Uh, he played at the University of Evansville. And he scored 12 goals there and added six assists. They've also added defender Abdul Kustra. He played for the Philadelphia Lone Star FC. He played for Nacal Esportes Cononjas in Brazil. And he also played for Banjul FC in Gambia. Midfielder slash defender Marcos Sazzarello. They've also added defender Dominique Casanase. Midfielder Ryan Machado Jones. Goalkeeper John Hollinger is returning to the club. And they've also added another goalkeeper, Savinus Thompson. And for Sam Solomon, is returning as well. He scored three goals in nine appearances for the club. Midfielder Gavin Shields has also been added to the club. Defender Jack. Villatoro, he's a former DC United Academy player, also played at Loudoun United, and most recently was playing with Steel Pulse FC. They've added midfielder Iker Busamante. He's another former DC United Academy player and played with Steel Pulse FC last year. They've also added forward Malik Hum, goalkeeper Alex Sutton. He played most recently with Manhattan SC in USL League 2, last year and helped them win the Metropolitan Division Championship. And they've added a defender. This was just announced today. Jimmy 
filler man. He played with Detroit City FC in 2020 and 2021, making 31 appearances, scoring four goals for LaRouge. And he, last year, he played with USL League One side, Greenville Triumph. So that's the latest signings from the Maryland Bobcats. Chattanooga FC. They've added winger slash left back Juan Luis. He played with Syracuse Pulse last year, and he scored six goals. They've also added center midfielder slash winger Luis Garcia Sosa. He played with Cal United Strikers FC last year, but he does have a connection here with their head coach, Rod Underwood, because he played with Coach Underwood when he was the coach at Stumptown AC back in 2021 when they were in NISA. The Michigan Stars, they've been busy adding some signings as well. They've added defender Prosper Figby. Now, according to Transfer Market, the, he's he wasn't he, had, he has been without a club for a while. The last club he played for was New England Revolution 2 in 2021. They've also added midfielder Noah Robinson. He played with Lansdowne Yonkers FC previously. They've added midfielder Nicholas Nicola. He was playing with the Michigan Stars under-23 team in the Midwest Premier League last year. They've added defender Kotaro Meta. Uh, according to Transfer Market, the club he previously played for last year was Tormenta FC. He also played for a club in Brazil as well. Midfielder Roberto Mejia, he had previously played with Academica SC. And then they've also added Niels Luch. So that's the latest signings I have here for the Michigan Stars. And then the final club I have, at least signings from, will be Albion San Diego. Now, I mentioned this in my last episode, but now it's officially official. They have brought back midfielder Jonathan Bezays. He made 14 league appearances last year for Albion. He started in eight of those matches, and he also played in their U.S. Open Cup match against the San Diego Loyal last year. They've also added midfielder Daniel Bedoya. Uh, the last update I got on him was that he had previously played with New Amsterdam FC when they were in Nisa in 2021. They've also added forward Misael Mendoza. He played with Albion's MLS Next Academy team, and he is a homegrown player, so he's the first teenage talent to be signed by Albion. So congrats to Zale Mendoza for accomplishing that. And we've had some young players that have broken through very young in this league. So I'm looking forward to see what he does for Albion this year. And finally, the last signing I have here from Albion San Diego is they finally have cashed in on those Cal United striker players as they have brought midfielder Shinya Kodono. Uh, he played with Cal United Strikers last year. He made, he's been there for pretty much since Cal United joined the league. And he, the la, from last year, this is from last year, he had made 17 appearances, 14 starts, and he scored two goals for Cal United last year. So that is the latest signings I have from everybody. Now let's go in to some news. So former Maryland Bobcats FC defender Davey Mason, he has signed with the South Georgia Tormenta 
in USL League One. Former Syracuse Pulse player Minjay Kwok, he has signed with Vancouver FC of the Canadian Premier League. That's the newest expansion team that will be joining the CPL this year. Former Chattanooga FC player Nick Spielman, he has signed with the Charlotte Independents of USL League One. City Union has added Nelson Capello to their coaching staff as an assistant coach. He was a head coach at Monroe Community College and is a former Rochester Lancer player during their NASL days in the 70s. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Gold Star FC. They announced that Michigan Soccer Network will broadcast all their home matches for the 2023 NISA season. Um, it will include pregame, halftime, and postgame coverage. And their home matches will also be available on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Chattanooga FC legend Juan Hernandez, a.k.a. Juanito, he announced his retirement last week. He played eight seasons, made 126 appearances for the Boys in Blue. He is their all-time assist leader at 24, and he scored 19 goals for the club. He will be moving on to a coaching and development role for Chattanooga FC. And the final piece of news I have to wrap up this segment, the Mountain Premier League, which is affiliate to Nisa Nation, they have added a couple of expansion teams. They've added Clutch Soccer Club based in Ogden, Utah, Colorado Rush, the Colorado Rush U23 team, and they've also added Cosmos FC as their latest expansion team as they get ready to launch their spring season. Now let's catch up what's going on with Nisa Nation. All right, everyone. Let's catch up on what's going on in Nisa Nation. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, Nisa Nation, they announced the Southwest Division schedule for the spring 2023 season. So this is very exciting because Nisa Nation is back. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 10 clubs, 44 matches for the spring 2023 season. And it will be starting on March 25th. And the season will wrap up on June 3rd. So the first matchup we have this weekend, SC Union Maricopa taking on Temecula FC. That will be on the 25th. That match will be at 12.30 p.m. And the other matchup we have is Olympiacos CA taking on Lobos FC. That will be on the 25th as well at 7 p.m. So that's your opening matchups for this weekend. And let me read you a quote here from the presser from Nisa Nation Director Matt Morse. Quote, it has been lightning pace, but we are ready to get things going and kick off at the end of March. Nisa Nation provides an extraordinary platform for independent clubs, so much so that clubs with Mexican ownership are taking advantage of the opportunities available. We think it's going to make for an exciting mix, and we're looking forward to a successful season ahead. End quote. The format is a single table with each team playing each opponent only once for a total 
of nine matches. So yeah, we had an interview with Nisa Nation Communication Specialist Dennis Pope, and he had talked to us about all the latest updates and developments with Nisa Nation. He mentioned the two Mexican clubs that are going to participate in the Southwest Division this year. We base stateside in San Diego and Chula Vista. So very excited to see how that partnership, you know, goes this year. So that'll be something exciting to look forward to. Uh, no news yet on the Pacific Division on when their schedule will release, but I would think it would be soon, hopefully. But very excited for the return of Nisa Nation, and we will do our best, guys, to give you all the coverage on Nisa Nation and what's going on there. All right, guys. Well, let's close the show out with my final thoughts. All right, guys, we didn't have a final thought from my last recap episode, but this time we will because we got some things to talk about. And the first thing we're going to talk about since it's actually going on this week, the U.S. Open Cup kicks off. Now, I talked about a bit early in the show, but this time I want to focus on the broadcast situation. So as you know, the last couple of years, we had the Open Cup on ESPN+. Plus, But this time around, the U.S. Open Cup games, we streamed Bleacher Report app, basically. So that's where we would have to watch the, the games, either on the live Bleacher Report app or YouTube. Now, for the Bleacher Report app thing, they're only going to have certain games be broadcast. So there's a lot of confusion because, you know, last year we got to watch all the games. But this year, we only have certain games will be broadcast. And then it'll be up to the other, the home clubs to get the production to stream those other games. So I'm, I'm hoping I'll get to watch some games, but it's been a little hard because I'm so used to when it was on ESPN Plus, you know, I got four screens and watching all kinds of games and I got games going on my iPad or, you know, on my computer, just trying to keep up with it all. And I was like, man, are we going back to like 2015, 2016, back in those days where you had to basically rely on YouTube to watch some of the games? And look, I'm a little nervous because some of these clubs, depending on their budget, they may not have enough to make a good stream and for the broadcast. So it may not look great. I mean, it might, some teams may not be able to stream the games at all. Because of budget, you know, it's expensive. And, uh, you know, you got to think about how this is going to look, you know, moving forward throughout the rest of the tournament, you know. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's better than nothing, don't get me wrong. I remember back in the day, I used to listen uh, to Daniel Forstein's, uh soccer show. And he had on one of his episodes when it was hard to keep up with the Open Cup, he would kind of give me updates through Rabble TV. That was an app that I could listen to. Like It's like a radio, basically, internet thing. And he would relay updates on what's going on in all the games. And that's how I was keeping up with all the games if they weren't on a stream to see what was going on with other games. So that's going to be very interesting. So just to give you a recap on what games you get to watch on 
YouTube or the live Bleach Report app, at least we know so far. Westchester United SC, the opener against OCC Nor'easters. That's the Tuesday matchup. Uh, Wednesday, you can watch El, Fari- El Farolito excuse me, versus International San Francisco. Appalachian FC against North Carolina Fusion under 23. Chicago House AC taking on Bavarian United. Of course, I will be at that game. And then Ventura County Fusion taking on Capo FC. So that's the games that will be on the app on Wednesday. Thursday will be Hartford City FC taking on Lansdowne Yonkers FC. Oh, yeah, and that was the other game that's on Thursday. Cleveland SC against Lionsbridge FC. That's not listed here on Live Bleacher Report, but it could be streamed on YouTube. So I'm sure we'll get updates on that within the next couple days with the Open Cup kicking off tomorrow and Wednesday. Now, and Thursday, don't forget, and Thursday as well. Now, the other piece of news I want to talk about is Rochester, New York FC. Now, I know this news broke like last week or technically the week before because it was like on a Friday. And, uh, you know, I talked about it briefly on my Twitter page that, you know, this is sad. This is sad to watch another club seize operations unfold. Uh, you know, Rochester, New York FC, they took their, you know, the history with the Rochester Rhinos, as they were known previously, and kind of wanted to start fresh and all that. And we had, I remember we had Mark Washo on the show last year for City Union. I had asked him about the kind of the, the interesting dynamic between Flower City and, and Rochester being a small market and kind of competing for attention there. And I was hoping at some point we would get a Rochester Derby. I really wanted to see a Rochester Derby. And now with this latest news, we won't have that. So they announced back on, when was the day? March 10th, that they would not compete in MLS Next Pro for their second season and that they would seize operations. And the team owners, David and Wendy Dworkin, um, said that the club could not find additional financing to continue to play in the third tier of American professional soccer. And there was a lot of confusion because, remember, back in January, they were saying everything's good. We're going to be back and play. And then they went radio silence for, like, what, six weeks? And people were speculating that, they may not play and you know, they were already booked for a spot in the open cup as well. They were supposed to play Pittsburgh river hounds. So it was just a a hot mess and people were wondering what's up with Jamie Vardy because he was a minority owner for this team. And apparently he had left the club well before this situation happened, but we never heard about it. Like it's crazy. And, uh, you know, MLS Next Pro, they were just like, hey, we thank you for the, the Rochester community and their fans and ownership for their support in their first year and MLS Next Pro. And, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. And uh, by I said, Jamie Vardy, you know, he's, he's still playing soccer with Leicester City, but he's not uh, with the team anymore. And, um, you know, 
I don't know what's going to happen with that club moving forward. And you know, they see his operations now. So who, who knows? We see clubs come and go. And this is just another sad chapter in, in soccer history. And with the Dworkins, it's I get why people up in Rochester might be frustrated because, you know, they, they had the Rhinos. It was uh, taking them over from bad ownership. And they tried to, with a rebrand and stuff to, to make it work. And it just didn't work out. And they had talked about trying to reduce their operating costs. And they tried to reach out to a, a, an investor in Europe. I, I think I think in Italy, they were trying to get like a last minute investment to, to fund the team to bring it back. But everything kept trending that they weren't going to play, especially when we kept hearing about their players leaving and going to different clubs. And the coach that was going to be with that team, he left too as well. So a very, very tough situation. And I mean, especially because, you know, they were the Rhinos, the only low division soccer team to win the U.S. Open Cup. I know Sacramento Republic FC almost did it last year, uh, but lost to Orlando City in the final. But the Rhinos were the, are now still the only one. And I don't know who's going to get close to repeating, but – it's just a sad situation all the way around. Um, and unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, they get the benefit uh, because that was the other thing. The Open Cup, they they didn't have the time to replace them with another team because the U.S. soccer dragged their feet and waited so long. And it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, if this team's not ready or they're, they're going to fold, just don't put them in the tournament. Put somebody else. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So Pittsburgh – you know, they're the beneficiaries. They, because Rochester, New York FC had to forfeit the match. So now they will move on to the third round. Now, I know people are also asking, what is City Union going to do to kind of capitalize to try to maybe try to see if they can get some of their fans to come out and support them? And I guess that's the one good news is that there's still soccer in Rochester, but it's City Union. So a little different. Uh, but you're still they're still playing at the old Rochester Rhino Stadium. So kind of nostalgia, you know. I know Fire City Union is doing their own thing compared to what Rochester New York FC or the previously the Rhinos were doing. So doing things differently for City Union, but you know, we'll we'll see what they what they can do. Now I did see on Twitter last week, according to the Knights of Sinisa podcast, they tweeted that City Union is offering discounted season tickets to Rochester, New York FC season ticket holders, which is a great step. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play out attendance-wise, but I, I feel confident with City Union that with an improved roster, we, we had their coach, uh, Jordan Sullivan, on the show a couple weeks ago, and, and he feels optimistic, and with the signings I've seen they've done, I, I think Flowers – I keep saying Flower City – even though they technically are still, City Union is going to improve this year. And, you know, I I think I could see them make, potentially making the playoffs in NISA with that improved squad. So that's, I guess, one positive for the fans in that rooted hard for Rochester New York FC. Yes, their team's not playing anymore, but you still have soccer in Rochester to watch. 
You still got the Rochester Lancers as well, if, if you want to watch that. But still, plenty of soccer options for them to, to cheer for. And in some places, it's not like that. Once the team's gone, that's it. Like, well, what else are you going to do? So very, very uh, fortunate situation in Rochester. But hopefully that fan supporters for Rochester New York FC can get behind City Union and support that team. You know, support local soccer, and we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out this season. But I'm looking forward to seeing what City Union can do. And April 1st can't get here fast enough because they're going to be taking on the Maryland Bobcats. And I'm looking forward to watching that matchup. All right, everyone, that will conclude today's episode of the Nice Today FC podcast. If you guys have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on my personal Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you like the show, want to keep up with all the latest updates, you can follow us on our social media handles. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. I got some exciting announcements for some projects I'm working on, but I'll announce that later this week on my social media pages, so stay tuned for that. And the season's almost here, guys. It's almost here, and I can't wait. So you guys enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.